1: Packers trying for the go-ahead score. Star begins the count. Takes the snap.
0: He's got the quarterback taken. and he's in for the touchdown and the Packers are out in front. 20 to 17. There's 13 seconds showing on the clock and the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year.
1: The Dave Damaschek Football Program,
0: available on Apple Podcasts
1: and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host,
0: Dave
1: Damashek.
2: The great Bark star scoring one of the most significant touchdowns in pro football history right there in late 1967 against the Dallas Cowboys, the second straight NFC championship game won by the Packers over the Dallas Cowboys and for all the talk about and you know certainly I perpetuate it some of the time but Bart Starr if this if you buy the idea when you hear me talk about Bob Greasy being a passenger on those early 70s Dolphins teams he was in fact just a passenger he barely threw the ball in those postseasons on their way to uh, to winning those two Super Bowls with Don Shula not the case with Bart Starr who really excelled in the biggest spots in the biggest games and and were it not for him slinging the ball all over the place and throw for over 300 yards, which was a rare thing to do, especially in a playoff game back in the uh, mid to late 60s there, if he doesn't do that and then take the Packers down the field against the Cowboys in the in the legendary ice bowl game punctuated by that touchdown you just heard, we very well may not have the Lombardi trophy. True. But it would be the Landry trophy. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave damashek football program. I hope all is well wherever you are. You just heard his voice. Let's say hello to him now. I hope his feelings aren't hurt. I don't think he cared about the Dolphins back in the early 70s because I don't think he walked the big blue marble yet. No, his heart went turquoise and orange only when he saw number 13 Danny Marino slinging the ball. I'm speaking, of course, of our resident Dolphins fan all the way from London, England. It's Handsome Hank. Enough. We don't have time for that. We do have time because but we it's don't, summer we, now. We've
3: got other stuff we can do.
2: I know you look like you look summery, handsome. with Thank your, you. your sun-kissed face.
3: I did. The sun did kiss me yesterday. Yes. Mm.
2: You spent little, uh, you little, spent the weekend, the extended weekend, out and about.
3: I spent the weekend out and about. There's you know all kinds of things going on. But yesterday afternoon, we went to the beach. It was cold. It was a cold mm. wind. Sometimes the sun yeah. can uh, can fool you into thinking it's not out when actually it is. Mm. Um, so I got a little a little. To- did you frolic in the sea? I frolicked in the sea. It was extremely cold. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was, it's, it's too it was, early to go. You know that moment where it gets to your waist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And when that cold water licks, you know, around the waist area, mm-hmm. woo, definitely that too w- much. that wakes you up.
2: Yeah, I always um, say about the Pacific, I have uh, my thoughts about Pacific v. Atlantic. And right. I, I, I lament that I haven't uh, dipped my body into the Atlantic in many, many moons, probably decades even mm-hmm. at this point. As I always say about the Pacific, it's a larger body of water. It takes a little longer to warm up over the course of, uh, of the season. And uh, I do find it has those magical medicinal Uh, power does i always say it does it it cleanses not just the day's soils from your body but also all of society's ills however the chill that you get in may even in june is too much for my uh for my fragile
3: i i would agree composition Um, i would agree i think um the perfect date for a dip in the pacific september 30th hmm But then it's football season. It doesn't matter. That's the day when you're going to catch it at its prime temperature. You need to see, some people would think July is very hot. That's the time. But actually, it needs the sustained heat. So it's good to go in there in July because you're on the beach, it's hot, and it'll cool you off. But if you just want the pure warmth of of the Pacific Ocean, September 30th. Well, I'm declaring that now. I I do hear you. I will say.
2: That Again, as a part of those magical qualities that the Pacific possesses, I don't know why, but when you get into it for about 6 to 11 seconds, it feels like you're in iced water, and then all of a sudden, it— Blends, it melds with your own body temperature, and it feels like silk on your flesh. Right? Yeah. I maybe not not at this point in the. Not for the most <laughs> for part. Not at this point. It always as feels a, cold. Unless you're a
3: reptile. And
2: then all of a sudden, it it, it
3: blends with you. It's yeah. terrific. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, nothing like it. How are you, Eddie? Spaghetti behind the glass. I'm good. I was looking up temperatures of the Pacific and when the actual warmest time hmm. is. To Thank go. you, Eddie. Um, that's
3: the kind of production we've it, never had on this show. It's
1: <laughs> it's uh, you're a little bit off, Hank. It's actually the end of August into the beginning of September It's okay. probably you get around like the 70 degree mark. It doesn't go much higher.
3: It's 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 interesting. You'd say I'm a bit off, and not that the scientists are, uh, that you sure. were talking to are bit not off. Fair. Maybe yeah. that's maybe it could be them, but I'm with you.
1: But it is pretty upsetting, though. The warmest it really gets around here is like 70. That's That's
3: fine. That's but little, that's, that's fine, because story. what you want is somewhere, somewhere to cool you off. The, the, actually, an unpleasant thing is being somewhere very hot. I've been lucky enough to travel in Asia and those kind of places. Very hot, and then you get into something which is the temperature of a warm bath. It's not refreshing in any way.
2: No, what you want to do, Spaghetti, is see, you're young and impetuous. <laughs> and I bet you when you get to the beach, that equals for you, drop the stuff and run into the shore. What you need to do is take out a football. Take out to run around. Oh, that's you know? what we did yesterday. You get a football throwing around, then you get a nice lather. And then people say, oh, it's hot. Let's go take a dip. And you say, no, no. couple more series. Then you really right. overheat. Then, with your last remaining, with the last few ounces of uh, of strength that you have, you stagger to the shoreline, and literally with your last step, Throwing you collapse in. right. into the into the into the sea.
3: Yeah, that's what know? myself and and Ronald, my son, did yesterday. We, I tell you what, if I if 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 they if we'd had to lace them up and there'd been a crowd there, that was one of my best days ever. Really? What about? Oh my goodness! Huh. I couldn't miss. Um, it was it was a really tremendous day. He, in the, he was you know running downfield. We were throwing Hail Marys. Everything mm. landed in his hands. It was perfect. And then you mentioned Dan Marino. We got home and NFL Network, what would they be doing apart from showing the great 1994 game? Do you remember when Dan Marino f- came back from that Achilles tear, played the New England Patriots, sloppy field where mm-hmm. the, the baseball um, field was pouring with rain in Miami? They showed that whole game. We sat down and watched all three hours of it. Um, Ronnie finally got to see why I talk about Dan Marino. And did he, he swoon? Understood. He swooned for Marino. He didn't well. say, who's the fat guy no. out there? Because Dan Marino, was Marino not, he was not, a, at that point, 94. He, when, he came not, back,
2: when he came back from the Achilles, he was a little He was a little he, was a little he never heavy. regained it was a his great, form. There
3: was a great, they, they, so the beginning of the broadcast goes, you know, it's all, Dan Marino's back again, playing against Drew Blood, so this is a big, big game. And then they're like, we got an exclusive opportunity to speak to Dan Marino yesterday before the game about his Achilles injury. So they go over, and Marino's got a cap on backwards. You know, you'd never see this now in a game. And Marino's comment is, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm just tired of talking about it. And then they throw back to the game, and I was like, "Well, so you got this exclusive interview with Marino for him to tell you that
2: he's tired of talking about his his Achilles injury." Well, now we're on the subject of quarterbacks, and I'm trying to think: Did they overlap Donovan McNabb and Dan Marino? Surely they 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 had Almost to have
3: McNabb drafted nine. overlapped a little bit. Yeah,
2: same draft as Ricky Williams. So what was that? Man, I'm having a hard time figuring out uh, the space-time continuum. Ricky two, was 2019 now. Is it possible that Donovan McNabb was drafted in the 21st century? No. He had to come out well, like I think 98. I it
3: was
1: like 90. 99 was his, first, his rookie yeah. year. Okay. So, no,
2: they didn't. So, they did. What was Marino's last? 97? Marino's 96. 96 huh. How about that? Man, oh man, yeah, another indicator that uh, that I'm getting old. Um, speaking of QBs, though, or speaking of Don McNabb specifically, his claim now, he's a Hall of Famer and that he was better than Troy Aikman. I'll start with you, handsome Hank.
3: True or false? There is no one else to start with unless you start with.
2: Yourself. Well, I could go to Eddie you know, Spaghetti, um, your fellow thick cast partner, and we may get to him. We may actually, who better to talk about than the thick cast uh, on the thick cast than Chunky McNabb, McNabb himself? Right. Yeah, he was a little heavy yeah,
3: set. He certainly was. Uh no, he was not he is not a Hall of Famer in my mind. And he's not he said he was better than Troy Aikman. I think on the show that you and, and me and, and our friend David Carr discussed the top twelve quarterbacks, I made a case for Troy to be one of those twelve. He's often one of the forgotten guys. Mm-hmm. I um, agree with that. At the top that. of that list. And I don't think Donovan McNabb is is a guy who would be on my twelve. It's funny. I have... He wasn't on your list, right? And I don't think he was considered- no, he.
2: No because he wouldn't be in the he's not in the top 12 that doesn't right. mean he is outside well, but of the Troy Hall of Aikman fame. was
3: on the top 12
2: Yes he was number 12 for so me in my list of super bowl So let's tackle that first
3: is he better than Troy Aikman we he, don't we don't think so No but
2: I will say Troy Aikman that's the that's what's hard to uh, make sense of Troy Aikman's career he was behind perhaps the greatest offensive line of all time he had Emmett Smith, who also benefited from that. And then of course, with a power run game like that, that sets up the ability to, to throw the ball, um, with, uh, with wide open receivers and Alvin Harper taking yep. the top off. And then the great Michael Irvin and, uh, Jay, Jay Novacek that, you know, this was a loaded team. Yep. So it's hard to evaluate him versus Donovan McNabb. But ultimately I, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, January matters in Dave's book and, um, and Donovan McNabb didn't do his best work in January. Period. That's the end of that. Agreed. Right? I mean, so how? That's a also, he's not a Hall of Famer.
3: Also, at any point in McNabb's career, was he the best quarterback in the NFL? Hmm. I think so. You think top three, probably. I don't know. I'm.
2: am See, I'm just shooting from the hip. I mean, now. I don't he, have he the played, names. He in,
3: played in at this exactly the same time as Peyton Manning.
2: So he takes off around 2000, 2001 ish, and he starts to emerge. Remember, remember the Eagles fans booing. Because they wanted sure. Ricky Williams, yeah, yeah, exactly, and Donovan McNabb. Then against that, uh, against that uh, sea, that raging sea of uh, Philadelphia people, he still overcomes with Andy Reid and soars. But that's another knock ultimately against Don of McNabb, isn't it? That Andy Reid is truly perhaps the QB whisperer of the last quarter century. True. And so anybody who plays with Andy Reid tends to look um, a little better than they. Right. Tra- tends
1: to average. play better than they typically do. McNabb's best season for you guys was 04. That was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl year, right? Year, right. So he, he had T.O. that year. Right. Some of so he had a 64 uh, percent completion percentage, 30, 100 yards and 31 touchdown passes. That was his best uh, statistical season of his career. Here's the problem,
2: as always, when you start doing the is this QB a Hall of Famer? So long as Bob Greasy is in the Hall of Fame, it throws everything out of whack. They really do have to revoke his his goal. Well, apart
3: from the fact that he won back to back. Super Bowls as as part of a, a dynasty. I, Again, I get your you point. You can't but put
2: him in and then not put Jim Plunkett in. Jim that's Plunkett. That's fine. I agree with that. But Donovan McNabb didn't do that. Well, also, Eli Manning it was more prominent in those Giants postseasons sure. than Bob Greasy was in either of those two Super so Bowls. So
3: is Donovan McNabb better than Eli Manning over his career?
2: It's not even close. Ooh, that's a good question. It's not, yes. It's not close. Yes. He's definitely better, right, Spaghetti? McNabb better than Eli?
1: Yeah. How?
2: I mean at foot throwing the football and running with it. I don't see how.
1: Those are two major, those are two of the elements that I would point towards. Eli across the board, I mean, has way better stats than, than, uh, than McNabb. You're going to go by stats. He does. It's it's not even close. Yeah. McNabb read them off to us right now. McNabb's stats aren't that great. I mean, his touchdown per year, his touchdown passes 21, 25, 17, 16, 31 and 04 was his big year. Okay. Now mix in back, but also mix in 18, 19, 23, 22, I mean, it's, it's not, and then he has no postseason success really. I mean in terms of he got one Super Bowl, got two one Super Bowl lost. I don't I don't see how you could argue that he's better than Eli. It makes no sense. I will say from a Giants fan perspective, I hated why, like playing Donovan McNabb because that was like a time pre-Romo. Where there was really no other good quarterback, the Redskins and were in innovation. disarray with right. like Todd Collins and like Ramsey was like it was yep. a mess there. And the like the Eagles with like Brian Westbrook mm-hmm. and and McNabb, they would just torture the Giants. I felt like it was just so hard to defend him. Um, so from I don't really remember Aikman that much to to talk about what I thought you know comparing those two. But McNabb I hated playing because he was he was good, but he's not better than Eli.
2: I, you know, I know that uh, you without you didn't really. I'm not uh, getting on you, spaghetti. Listen, you're an Eli guy, and that's fine. But you're you're very close to just saying like because he isn't as your explanation. <laughs> I mean, I, Donovan McNabb
1: is a superior physical specimen, right? I don't know. I mean, he, he's 6'2", 240. Eli's 6'5", 220. Yeah, but
2: one guy could run sure. and run over defenders. Sure. So Eli Manning's I'm not, I'm not, yeah. never left the pocket in the oh, 15 in years. Of, in terms of
1: what he could do, sure. But Oh, in terms, oh, of, in terms, of, in terms stature, of what he could do. I mean, stature, Eli's probably got him. <laughs>
3: but, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree. With you. You, you genuinely, not just to annoy Eddie, you think that Donovan McNabb's a better quarterback than Eli Manning?
2: I think Donovan McNabb, at the height of his powers, was a
1: better quarterback
2: than height- Eli than Eli best. at his best. I
1: mean, Eli has three seasons over thirty touchdown passes. He has one, two, three, four, five, six over four thousand yards. McNabb doesn't have one over four thousand passing yards.
2: All right, but you're also not factoring in the running numbers.
1: I just don't think it, I don't think it's ludicrous. Certainly, but. Uh, nah,
2: I, I'll see to you, You, your uh, laser eyes focus was on the NFC East
1: in, in, during that period. He, he was, McNabb was an annoying player to defend because he the play was never over. Even if you scrambled, he would scramble and, and figure it out. Like He, he was great. To, he was a really, really hard opponent to defend. But in, in terms of his stats, in terms of what he did in the postseason, I mean, Eli hasn't beat. He has two rings versus the greatest teams of all time. It's just – it's not really comparable in my eyes.
2: All right. Um, Bucky Brooks says, our pal, of course, removed the sticks, that the Steelers are better off without Bell and Brown. I have an essay coming up on NFL Network's Total Access – on Thursday, spoiler alert, we brought this up last week with Matt Money Smith and Handsome and Spaghetti and what uh, is a, a very well reviewed uh, episode of the DDFP. Go back and dig that one up. A lot of game of life stuff mixed in with game of football talk. And uh, the big question that we were talking about there spawned this essay is who's going to win this triplets breakup? Levy and Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger. And here's the spoiler alert I don't think any of them wins it. No. I think For that's no the winners. bottom line. I'm t- I, I'm trying to talk my way into it. Certainly, you can't say it's Levy and Bell with Adam Gase announcing <laughs> <laughs> he didn't he want didn't to want sign it. him. Right. And the offensive line practically is not going to be what it was right. at Pittsburgh. And so then that calls into question exactly how patient if his if 26 is. Um, standout element of his game is that patience and uh, letting everything set up before he goes at the line of scrimmage. Is he going to be able to do that in New York? I don't know. Antonio Brown is going to get the same number of targets, but a fair number of those, even though Roethlisberger, the numbers will tell you he gets rid of the ball over the last couple of years as quickly as any quarterback in the league. He still does have those plays where he holds on to it and playgrounds it and tries to read or was trying to read where 84 was going on. A given play, and they had a certain chemistry. Derek Carr wants the ball out of his hand. so he's not going to get to do that. So I don't think AB thrives. I don't think they win as much as they would have in Pittsburgh. But then Roethlisberger, although I've convinced myself, look, Roethlisberger did it. He survived Levy and Bell. Look, look at look at the Steelers' offense last year. Yeah, they went eight seven and one and missed the playoffs. Right. Did they really? Did they thrive? They survived it. They but it I survived, wouldn't say that they, they that thrive. they thrived. Yep. I don't know how any of the three wind up better. Well, I think
3: off. the only the only the only way they do is i think we're all what we agreed on last week was that we're all down somewhat on on the three teams not just the players not or in fact not at all the players themselves but the teams that they're going to be on this season we don't think they're going to overachieve if one of those teams if the jets goes 10 and 6 and scrapes a wild card berth or the raiders i don't know what would be overachieving for the raiders go 8 and 8 and you know, better than people expect, then you might say that one of those guys won out as long as their stats kind of are, are one of the reasons that, they, that the team gets there. But for now, I think we're all kind of like, those teams aren't just going to be kind of average or below average.
2: But I can at least make a case that the defense in Pittsburgh could save the day. Yes. And if Bray, if like Brady and Peyton were both willing to turn around and hand the ball off more and lean on a defense a little bit, Brady last year and Peyton in 2015, if Roethlisberger is willing to follow that model, maybe the Steelers, I like I said, I think, I, I think they but can but get they the double digits talent. and win it. I mean,
3: like Juju, I think you are down on Juju being able to step into that number one job. And then the other guys, the Steelers have consistently been able to identify receivers. Antonio Brown was not Antonio Brown coming out of college. So they have James Washington from last year's draft. They drafted another receiver this year as well, around the third or fourth round.
2: Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I mean, they better be able to, they better be able to play power football. That's really what they need to play
3: power power football. But then because if they they just just sit on Juju as well,
2: yeah, if you just sit on Juju yeah. and the safety isn't compelled to stay at the line of scrimmage sure. at the snap, then, then, I, then, it's a little then Juju's going to struggle. I don't yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think And the bottom line is, unfortunately, we can try and have some optimism for all three teams. I think they all, uh, each individual is not going to be as good as they were. What do we think about, though, the powerhouse forming in the East Bay? Now, Fontez Perfect, Mr. Big Chest, and Richie Incognito. I'll, all I'll say is this. If they are not chosen for hard knocks, shame the devil, right? Yeah. This better be our hard knocks. This this, guy, this with John Gruden. Even I don't care who the head coach is, but now you remember. Oh, yeah. John Gruden's also going to be around the building, cutting guys and all that kind of stuff. This, it be, it's magic TV. It has to be the best season ever. And there's not a close second on paper, right? No.
1: I, I totally agree. It's obviously I want to see the Carr brothers, too. See so, yeah, the cameras following them around going through uh Oh yeah hanging around, going to Bakersfield and stuff, that'd be a lot of fun. Do we you do... think
3: David gets if they make it, how much screen time does David get? He's getting get a lot, He's definitely
1: getting a lot.
2: I think that we are planned road trip up to the East Bay, driving up there in the car with David Carr. Maybe we could even drive maybe me and David could drive Derek to training camp our Ooh. drive in, in the cars to training camp and then we get up there and thereby ensuring that we are also in hard knocks yeah. you know you can be you with us Andy.
3: well I bet you he would because they often will will flash back to a network covering right. that team they'll definitely if, if you invite uh, DC in here during um, during that time we'll definitely get some training.
2: I would invite you as well spaghetti but as you know, your plus sized uh, form would not fit in a normal
3: automobile right. at this point. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's where you've got to.
2: I will not I mean, I will not argue that at all. Okay. All right. all right, good. I appreciate you getting, <laughs> you're, you're more woke about, uh, uh, about the way you look lately. Hey, I listened to, I just wanted to let you know, I listened to eat a peach yesterday while I did mm-hmm. some crafts around the house with, uh, with the, with, uh, some of the little ones. And, um, we uh, we we listened to music. Oh, it was a, it was a great day and um, I introduced them to a little pavement. That also holds up very nicely. They weren't as uh, They weren't into it They weren't well. as enamored with uh, with the no. pavement uh, music there, but I do encourage you to listen to that. I also enjoyed some rosé and uh, I also watched the movie Splash with the kids. Oh, that's that a great movie. Yeah. Tom Tom Hanks, one of his Tom uh, Hanks. early works. Yep. Very funny. John Candy steals the picture. He was in of. his
3: prime then. And if you think about Hank's evolution into Hank's that we know now from, you know, what was uh what's the uh what's the one where he swaps adult child big um, oh big. big.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's his big one. He goes he goes he he does bachelor party which bachelor is also party, funny. Bachelor party which is
3: funny, exactly.
2: Although it's a little like now yeah, when I'd you watch it like well, wow, like, mm-hmm. this is maybe too much. Yeah, maybe not uh, woke. Yeah, right. It doesn't feel 21st right, century woke. Not. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of hookers and stuff yeah. like that. I don't think he you know, what's interesting. I don't have the list in front of me. So and yet I'll bring it up anyway, is there is a weird thing in Hollywood that couples that seem to stand the test of time um, meet each other on terrible movies. Tom Hanks and his still wife met Rita Wilson, met making volunteers, I think, in 1983. You've never seen that. he's like a, uh, an upper crust Harvard guy who gets in deep with a bookie. And so instead of having his thumbs broken, he jumps on a plane and uh, that turns out to be the peace Corps, And he winds up in the far East Hmm. and falling in love and building a little village. It's kind of good. It's not terrible. Also has John Candy in it. Now that I think about it, Yeah, John Candy's Candy's in that one as well. Yeah. Stripes is yep. uh, another John Candy gem, yep. another one that he just about steals from uh, from Bill Murray. Um, and yeah, but Hank's matter. Kevin Bacon, and I can't think of his. Wife. I'm not even going to go into this one, but it is a long list. We have to figure that one out. Spaghetti. They meet on bad movies. The number, uh, it's not like, yes. Yeah, Marlon Brando didn't get hitched while making The Godfather. They always meet. He, the, the these mates find each other on these bum pictures. Right. Maybe they yeah, misery loves company. Your
3: friend uh, Tom Cruise met all his wives on bad pictures, but that's because he almost exclusively makes Days of Thunder. Days right, of thunder he met Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Um, right. There's another one. There. Uh, all of them. All of them. This Who's he been long? married to? He's been married to a lot of. I don't know if he's married to them all or just was uh, was was taking them. Uh, along for a ride.
2: Aniston met her now ex, wait, David Duchovny and Courtney Cox on, um, what was that one called? The killer movie, Um, the murder movie, the, you know, horror picture. uh, Face, the guy with the crazy um, ghost face. Scream. 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 Yeah. That was not a terrible movie. Um, Anywho, uh, let's, uh, do you guys want to do a little thick cast in here? We could think talk class. a little talk a little food here. Yeah, sure. Why not? Works quickly me. before we jump in on that spaghetti. NBA Finals, your pick?
1: Um, as great as it has been to watch Kawhi, I don't think he they stand a chance even without Durant versus the uh, the Warriors. They're just too good of a team. They almost play better without Kevin Durant if you watch them.
2: What do you think about – I talk about this with uh, Adam Carolla on uh, some new good sports this week. Make sure you track those down on the Adam Carolla Show. And by the way, I mentioned Days of Thunder. Make sure you check out Dave's of Thunder, our most most ambitious uh, episode to date. We finally launched our detective agency. We took our first case, and uh, we went to the Prince of Wales down in Playa del Rey uh, to track our mark. We had the. It's a whole long story, but you got to— It's gotta a great, God That
3: you should have invited me along. Can I tell it's, you something? I live right.
2: We found her. That's all. Uh, if the you've princess been
3: of Wales. No, Diana it's a long story. Hearts. There
2: was a. There's a, a ed down there at Loyola Marymount. Who her stepfather dropped us a line and said, "We don't. I don't think she's going to class. We would like you to undertake this as your right. first case." So we did. And spoiler alert: we did find her, and that's that's all I'll say. About
1: okay spaghetti did you hear that one it was a great uh, mystery to sit there and just to to follow the the events as they unfolded in mm. front of you it was it was a lot of fun <laughs>
2: Um, so, yeah, so dig that one up wherever you find your favorite podcast. That's Dave's of Thunder. Um, but we also talked about what would you rather be, Handsome? But This is a subject we talk about with if you're a 17-year-old and you're a high-end running back, would you rather go to USC and join the long lineage of great running backs at USC, or would you rather go to a school that has no history and go down as the, potentially the greatest star in that school's history? Right,
3: and but, this, this applies to all positions. Where, well, if you're Kevin Durant. Is a school is fair. Is, um, Famous. Right.
2: Well, Kevin Durant as okay. a for instance is now he'll presumably leave Golden State one way right. or the other. And so now the buzz is he might go to Spaghetti's uh, Knicks, but he also will be chased by the Lakers Mm -hmm. and by the Clippers. And apparently the Clippers have a great shot at this. And if you've paid attention to the NBA for any amount of time, of course, who would ever, who two years ago would ever buy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big name free agent. Yeah. He'll go to the Clippers over the Lakers by choice. They both can afford him, but yeah, the situation's better with the Clippers than the Lakers Um I mean, does that seem wacky to you to go to the history list Clippers?
3: Or, no, I think, I think if you can establish yourself, if you have a right. chance to establish yourself as the greatest player in a team's history, then then that is more exciting as an opportunity than it is being a, the next in a long Look line. Look at Nick
2: of, Foles. I mean, right. it didn't work out for Randy Moss going to New England necessarily, and even though he did, they already had won Super Bowls. Now. Nick Foles is a legend for all of time. Right. There's nothing – he can never go wrong in Philadelphia. Well, if Kevin pop- Durant wins a title for the L.A. Clippers, then that makes him in the – conversation. that puts him in the conversation for one of the five or six best in NBA history just yeah, but- by that deed uh, combined with, obviously, everything he's done to this point. Right,
3: but then he would need to be there for – Three years. I think where Nick Foles' fo- story falls down is yes, he did that one thing, but it was only one thing. It wasn't a sustained. He wasn't the starting quarterback by choice, obviously, and he wasn't didn't have a sustained. Yeah, period, I mean, it's not a which perfect led up comp. to this. Right. The the I guess the the best equivalent might be. I I said that out loud. I don't know.
2: Raymond Bork going from the Bruins to the Avs Avs and winning a title there. Spent basically a rental
1: for three or
3: four months. I'll
2: I'll say the same thing about,
1: like, I mean, you said the Clippers, but I'll say if he comes to New York, he'll be a legend. To win in New York is – going to be the most important thing. If he wins in LA, the problem with LA is the, like the Knicks don't really have competition. The Lakers are always outshine. It's like if Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn, winning in Brooklyn's not the same as winning in MSG. So, yes, he'll be the greatest Clipper of all time presumably and, and it'll add to his resume which is already fantastic, but I don't think he won't win over Los Angeles. That's that's the difference. So someone like Kawhi, Kawhi is a great example, we just brought up, he went to Toronto. I mean, he's a different kind of breed because he doesn't care about the publicity and being like a star. He went to Toronto and now he is like a bigger deal up there than the Maple Leafs and Canadians and all those you know hockey teams combined because he single-handedly brought them to the finals.
2: Well, it's weird because it's a little bit of a uh, bump in the road for KD, who I have said for as a defender of his, one of the rare defenders of his over the last couple of years, perhaps he wasn't ring chasing. Perhaps he wanted to go down in history as the best player on the greatest dynasty. And whether you like it or not, once Golden State wins this one it's gonna be hard to argue they've won four titles in five years it's gonna be very difficult to not put them into the conversation they're the best yeah as the best and uh, as always reminder to all you people who love to float out there and I hate to do this uh, you know on the heels of uh, Bart uh, of the Bart Star news but some people yes there's recency bias and Millennials like spaghetti, don't know anything that happened before 1997, and that's a shame for them. But also, this this predilection, this uh, desire to uh, to lionize things that happened 40 and 50 years ago ignores the reality. The Celtics, in the 60s, when they had to win titles, there were like eight teams in the conference. Yes. I mean, in the, uh, in the entire NBA, literally, for some of those. There were eight teams in the whole NBA, and you had to win uh, like a best of three, and then you had to win a, a best of seven to win the title. Not exactly the same measure. Right same thing when the those packers teams in the first one at least when they go to the they had to win one game to get to the to play the chiefs in that super bowl they won one game to get there yep.
1: that was it montreal same thing in hockey as well
2: the, yeah the nhl was ridiculous I mean, they now listen the canadians did win i think they've won since expansion of one 10 cups, which is still the most cups of any of any organization. But they get up into the 20s because of the big six era, which another reminder, one of the most fascinating things. And somebody needs to make a documentary about this. Get get the, the 30 for 30 people on the horn spaghetti, if you please. <laughs> sure. Not this didn't happen for five or six years, handsome. This went on for a quarter century. There were six teams in the entire NHL. This was a league, and they would play the 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 legendary, the iconic Stanley Cup. Only six teams played and for it every year. It's ridiculous for twenty five years, and. If that's not enough, the best part of it is you'll notice if you go back and look at it that the Rangers don't win any and the Bruins don't win any. The Wings get a few and the Blackhawks don't do much of anything. And Toronto and Montreal are the dominant teams. Why? Because back then you had um, first negotiating rights within like a 50 mile radius of your city center. Uh, to go there. So Montreal, you know, had the edge on everybody outside of Toronto by just recruiting those guys. Ergo, Chicago, like what hockey town was that? There was no hockey players in the 50s in in, in the Chicagoland area. So they were always behind the eight ball. So you cannot um, inflate how great these teams right. were. The, the the path to getting a title now was is much more difficult example. than it ever has been before. And in a way, I guess that's why you have to tip your hat to Bill Belichick. If you want, yeah. if you, you know. Still, we,
3: I think Dave, we should. All right,
2: we, we'll do it. All right, uh, handsome. Do you want to uh, stick your neck out and take the Raptors? For um, no, it's the Queen Mom though. I
3: bet you she's get, rooting for the Raptors. She's dead, Dave. She's been dead for a decade, <laughs> at least. What? The Queen Mother? She's she would be like one hundred and twenty-two.
2: Oh, I thought that was the
3: Queen. The Queen is still alive. Who's the Queen Mom? The Queen's mother. But she was not a queen. She wasn't a queen. She was the wife of the king. Who was the king? King George the seventh. King George the seventh. He was the pre... I, now I'm probably wrong, maybe the sixth, but he's the precursor to Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen. And was Mom, Queen Elizabeth hitched at any point? Which one? The one who's the queen right now. Yeah, she's still married.
2: She's married too. Yeah. She has a husband right now. She has now. a husband. And is that
3: uh, Edward? Uh, no, it's it's uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip.
2: Prince Philip, I I, I, w- who, I would know him. He's bald.
3: He's he's bald. He makes some and slightly looks, outrageous comments, and he's ba- He's and, like and the he bald crashes very... his car pretty frequently. And so Prince
2: Charles is the child of Prince Philip yes. of the king.
3: Yeah, all of the all
2: of the children. Why doesn't he get, get to be a king? Children? Why isn't he a king?
3: That's not how it works. You don't he's get to marry
2: into the kingdom. No, he becomes a prince. But well, if it if were the he, other way around, she wouldn't she other, be I a think queen? She would
3: become a queen? Yeah, but well, that doesn't seem fair to me. Well, because it's about lineage. Okay, so why isn't Prince Charles king? Because he's next in line to be king. So when the queen when the dies, queen goes then he's he's next then why line is up. Prince William
2: the one who gets the throne?
3: He gets to be king? No, he's next. He's he's the next after that. Oh, I thought for Unless some reason he jumped says, right over Charles. No, no, no. Unless Charles says, "Look, I don't want it." I'm, I'm however old Prince Charles is now. He must be mid sixties or something like that. He might say, "I, I don't have time for this ruling stuff." Um, William should just 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 jump straight in there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to say that. He's been sitting around. It would be, be like being. Um, Daniel Jones of, of the New York Giants waiting for Eli Manning to retire. But Eli Manning carries on playing until his, his, his late nineties.
2: Hmm. It's um, very weird though.
3: Tiring to wait. And, what are we and
2: supposed to make of the fact like game of Thrones, you know, the big uh, reveal in the final season was, and actually it's all about the bloodlines. And we thought Jon Snow was the child of this person or that. And Jon Snow was, it turns out not a bastard child, mm-hmm. but we know the opposite. Well, we don't know it, but your eyeballs tell you that Prince Harry was not made by Prince Charles. It's possible we've seen Prince William. Prince
3: Charles is not related to Prince Harry.
2: The older brother.
3: Are you familiar
2: with these people, Spaghetti? Uh, I am. Because I'm going to end this conversation because you represent the audience to me. And if you don't know the difference between Prince William and Prince Harry, then the audience One's won't. One's balding and one is a redhead, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know they're brothers, right? Right. <laughs> and one looks exactly like Prince Charles. Yeah. I mean, and then I the other one looks, looks. Exactly.
3: I would say Prince William looks much, much yeah, more like Yeah, I guess like, he looks very much like, like Diana. His mother. Right. Right. But the other one looks a lot more like his father. And I don't think his father is Prince Charles. Wow.
2: I mean spaghetti.
3: It's who was who is the guy again? There's a gentleman allegedly. I mean, not allegedly. His name. Are you? Does this get you? Is this taboo
2: for you to talk about as a? Not at all. No. His name is. You ja- hate the UK, so you may as well spell. I don't
3: hate the UK. His name is James Hewitt, and allegedly he may have, have formed a uh, a tight bond with um, Princess Diana. A tight um, bond, indeed. And like uh, James Bond, and if you look at a picture the of James Hewitt and then look at a picture of of Prince <laughs> Harry next to each other, <laughs> it's undeniable. It would it would it would cause you to believe that that tight bond may have been very very tight.
1: Wow. I, I love that kind of stuff. It's like I love like conspiracy theory like mystery.
2: This is it's not i I'm not a conspiracy theorist by nature. Look up a picture of this guy. James Hewitt is his yeah, name. Yeah, that's his name. Go ahead. And then Prince
3: Terry. We'll, we'll wait. We'll um, wait
2: for you. He they, um, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You just Google image, and then all uh,
2: I haven't heard. That I haven't up. heard any of them next to each other. I haven't heard spaghetti make those noises since I brought in some chocolate donuts a couple of weeks <laughs> exactly. ago. Oh, which yeah. pretty bad
1: is like if you Google this guy, you can't find a picture of him without, without the putting Harry next, next to him. To each yeah, end. it's wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
2: So what does that mean? What does anybody like Game well, of Thrones? He the he's th-
3: not in line. So like, so Charles would be next, mm-hmm. then William. Now that William has kids. Uh, Whatever the oldest son of Prince William is named would be the next in line. Prince Harry's like, he's out of the game. So he
2: can't be. He
3: could be, but there'd have to be some kind of awful disaster to take place. So no one will call for
2: him to do one of those Ancestry.com kind of things.
3: Yeah, they should do. That should be the Ancestry.com ad in about 20 years time. It turns out. I'm not actually royal at all. (laughs) I've been living for free off the state. What do you mean I have to go back into battle now?
2: I don't want to. Right. I'm
3: living a nice home now. You're not
2: a part of the royal family as it happens, boy. Right? Yeah. Is that how it would go? Do you have any ties to the royal family, bloodline-wise? No.
3: No, no. Hmm. Sadly not. Sorry about that, Dave. But I, no. I'm, not,
2: I'm not in line to the throne. You could tell me that you are, and I would not. I would never know the difference. You know, <sighs> should have done. You could have made that claim. Spaghetti yeah. certainly would have believed it. All right, listen. So I am going to take Golden State, obviously, and uh, unfortunately, it looks like the Bruins now. They, I can't believe that either. I, I missed the. I, I, I only watched the beginning of the game, and yeah. I saw the Blues jump up 2-0, yeah. and I'm rooting for the Blues, obviously, over the Bruins, and uh, like I talked about with corolla i got to pay witness to a great um email exchange among our fantasy football league because it as it turns out there are a few blues fans on there and there are a few bruins fans on there and it got uh, quite nasty is is, uh it got very Mm. it got very (laughs) unpleasant with a discussion about who deserves it more and who's gonna win and then as it happens i inserted myself into the conversation about where pittsburgh uh, you know how pittsburgh matters and then i you don't shake your head at me and then i got some mean-spirited comments from everyone from,
3: you at least at least from the united, boston
2: people from you the, probably
3: united everyone against you
2: yeah which but is then a it's good thing to but do. then it's also you know when 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 shots were taken in my direction about pittsburgh if you think about it in the 21st century yeah there are a lot of titles that might obscure reality for you if you're a boston sports fan it's kind of easy to find the the cracks in the in their <laughs> success there and make fun of that too so anyway I don't know why I brought that up, but uh, now I have. I'll, yep. I, I don't
1: think the series is over yet, though. I'll say that. Not that I'm a St. Louis Blues slash Boston Bruins expert, but I think a lot of teams in the West did not match up well with Boston. I think that the series will go six or seven, despite I know. the Bruins winning.
2: Such a bummer! I realize that, that the Bruins snuck through. They were the only team that was good out of the Wales conference that survived that first round. They were the only ones that really passed
1: muster there. They're they're both they're they're going to be good for a while. They're a young team. They're built really well, so. But I think the the Blues are I think are built well enough to combat them. So we'll see. I think it's gonna be a long series.
2: All right. How far have we gone here now, Spaghetti? Uh, if you want to make a guess, I'm gonna guess that we have gone because anytime we enter a show where I think I don't know if we'll make it 30 minutes today, I bet you we have transcended 30 minutes now. And we are now at minute 32. Close 38. Not so bad. Not so That's bad. That's pretty good. All right, then let's round We're it out. I'll, I'll, I'll lay out talk here. About. I'll lay out and uh, take well, it away. Here it is, episode number two, the official episode. Three, I think. Three. Oh, I also wanted to talk about something else. We'll do okay. that
1: on the next episode. We could do. We have time. You could do it. It's fine.
3: No, I want to hear the thick cast. Okay. Okay. We'll do. But well, we I, do need you. For we this. want you. Yes, I,
1: it's just
2: we the, do
3: need you because there are a couple things right. I want your help. with. I'm not going to leave with Eddie.
2: I'm not going to leave, but just to plant this seed. Start thinking about these spaghetti and handsome, and uh, you, the listener, and drop us a line. What are the things as we enter summer that will make you seem like a woke pro football fan to say? Even if you have no idea of the context of what you're saying, what's a remark you could make that right. people sitting there by the pool or at the bar whoa. or outdoor at happy hour and they be yeah. like, whoa, you That's- know. You you know your NFL right? You know what's that comment? I
3: like it. There are I a like lot of them. Lot. I have a
2: lot. Yeah. There are a lot. Yeah. Go ahead, spaghetti.
1: You start us off. You have a lot. You want to give one? Uh, uh, let's right off the bat. RPO Mention RPO once, and people are gonna like read passage, and people are gonna say that, and you're hmm. like, okay, this guy knows offense. No, but I,
3: that's not woke. You don't. That's think almost. That's you're regurgitating something from last season, and 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 kind of the playoffs. The Eagles playoffs was where that that that's not woke so much as. You know some verbiage that okay. that, mm. that talks football. All right, I show think what us the would right be way. woke might be something like, um, "Well, it would be a take on what's going to happen this season, mm-hmm. which which has not been made very much so far." Everyone's talking about the Cleveland Browns. Andrew Luck's going to be Andrew Luck, and the Colts are going to be the team to beat in the AFC. That's not quite it, but it's 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 a it's a forward-looking. Um, you know, you, you're going to hear a lot about the Cleveland Browns over the next few months. But forget about that. You know,
2: the Colts by the way, is where it is. I don't want to go is down. That that, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole in particular, but I do think you're right, Handsome. I think the Colts are the team. Oh, feet. I do, too. That's why I just said that. But, but is, is that woke? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I guess the so audience will have know. to tell us. Don't I don't know. know. I just thought it was. I think it's a fun question to talk about. I remember an episode of MASH where Radar O'Reilly um, he coveted the affection of a woman who was uh, a sophisticate, and so Hawkeye and I think it was Beege, but maybe it was uh, Trapper John. Either way, they coached him up on things to say. Right. And um, and like I remember, the one was uh, if she mentions Bach, you know, the the composer. Yeah. Is that how you call him a composer? Yeah. Bach. Yeah, is that compo- what Mozart is? as a composer?
3: Composes, yeah. And they're Beethoven was I com- I didn't know,
2: like yep. you know, band leader. No, <laughs> and I didn't think it was band leader, but <laughs> whatever you would call it. Um, but if he comes up, you just all you do is you go like Ah, Bach, like yep. that. You just say that, and then people yeah, yeah. Are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets he it. He gets it. Same sort of thing. I think it's based on that sort of right. a vibe. Andrew Luck, like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's based in numbers. You say like, you know. Look at Andrew Luck. He he always is a winner. Yeah. Save the one season um, as his health deteriorated. That that one um, removed, they always go to the postseason with Andrew Luck. And I've got a, a great one, actually. All right, go, gonna ahead. Say, go no, ahead. I'm like. going
3: to save it. for if, we're gonna, if we can do this properly on You Thursday, know how to do this now? I know how to do it, and I have a good one.
1: Okay. You want to try again, Spaghetti? Yeah, I have a really good one. Okay, it's, go it's, ahead. Uh, anyone that talks about. Like how to build a team the proper way, and it's like, well, you gotta you gotta strike while your quarterbacks on the rookie deal.
3: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, again, not new, but it's it's pretty woke.
2: Yeah, but uh, the woke Greg Rosenthal will tell you, like, answer so now. That's become overstated because the cap is so high now that you can afford your quarterback and and, and
3: Greg is not wrong there.
2: So he right, and Matt Ryan number two right. happens to agree with that. He told yeah. me the same thing at the Super Bowl. And uh, so adding validity right. said, you know, it's not it no longer completely hampers the overall um, structure. 30, exactly. If you pay me 30 yeah. million dollars. But perhaps Matt Ryan was saying that because it suited he wants
3: his individual dollars. purposes.
2: No, but I don't think Greg Rosenthal uh, is in the bag for Matt Ryan.
3: He is woke, though. Greg is about as woke I, as he gets. I don't care if Tom Brian anyway, we've yeah. won so yeah, much, it's, it's it doesn't matter I'm anymore kidding. if we win okay.
2: another suit. <laughs> <laughs> we win a lot. I'm going to go watch the French Open. Um, okay, let's get to it now. It's time for episode three of The Thick Cast. <laughs>
1: Uh well I think it's a great time to, to bring it back because it's m- like the Tuesday post right. Memorial Day weekend so let's just start off what did uh, what did you guys do and more importantly what did you guys really eat over the the weekend what are some must haves what what did you grill did you grill like what's what's the move there
3: um, is this question for me first it's for maybe? it's for the, it's for well everyone. I did I did grill. Um, I I grilled twice this weekend. Mm. Once I um, made some homemade burgers, which were fantastic. They went down extremely well. The only issue was that it was on Sunday and it rained here in Los Angeles, mm. which is pretty right. rare. And so I was doing something which I'm much more familiar with in the UK, which was wearing a raincoat while standing outside flipping burgers uh, while ever, all the, the party was happening inside with kids and, and friends and all that stuff. Um, but the burgers went down extremely well, homemade, you know, ground beef, a bit of onion in there, um, the, you know, just everything to hold it together, a little bit of flour. They were, they were fantastic. And, uh, and then taking some advice from last week's show... Put some pickles on top of you know cheese you obviously, go. and then and then pickles on top for everyone. I got some so the bread and butter pickles that I was talking about last. I week. didn't put care those for that on choice, top of, but okay. put those on top of there, and uh, and some tomato. It was they it went down extremely well.
2: Very nice, yeah. My uh, my girlfriend made. Me, uh, she made burgers and cheeseburgers that will now mm-hmm. last for the next couple of days, but also made me a steak. So Ooh. last night I had a steak and, and a burger. Yeah, I had, I had, congratulations, Dave, I had turf and turf. turf and turf, turf and turf. Yeah, it yeah. was the, it was, the, it was, uh, terrific. How about you, spaghetti?
1: Well, I had an away game yesterday. I went to a friend's house, but I was probably like one of the main grillers there, right? Of but it, it was a, this is going to really affect my like manhood grilling, uh, skill, but it was, a, it was a charcoal grill and it took us like over an hour to start it up what's with like wrong the- with that I'm I'm just not good with. I like the the gas girl with the knobs. I know, but I'm, that's I'm but that. people
3: will tell you that the charcoal one is that's that's the authentic sure, way to do it. Sure,
1: and the problem I don't was, think your
3: manhood takes a hit. Well, I would say if anything, it, it adds to the legend of well, Eddie Spaghetti.
1: Well, the thing is, like, I don't know how to control the flames in those. Well, and it they, took us they, forever. It's
3: to, hard to control,
1: right? And it took us forever to start it up. So it finally did, and we had so much lighter fluid on it. We I was just
2: gonna it. say the rookie mistake is people think the flame isn't potent enough, yeah. and you end up overdoing it. With the, yeah.
3: the lighter well, you fluid, actually, and then your
2: burgers taste. What like you don't fluid.
3: want is flame. The idea is right. to have the flame go out and then the the coals to be red. Right. Let them get and white. That's when yeah, right, that's exactly. when you that's when you grill grilling.
1: So yeah, we screwed up big time. And then the flame was humongous, way over the top of the grill. <laughs> and then of course it's like, oh Eddie, you brought the steaks. I got like some ribeyes uh, for me and my girlfriend, and we threw those on because everyone it was like bringing your own meat kind of thing. Right. So we threw on those. And I got some chicken sausage, which I recommend for everyone listening. Chicken sausage, but with bacon and pineapple. So it's a bacon pineapple flavored chicken sausage. It's like sweet. It was so good. But anyway, so we threw on the steaks and they got charred in like three seconds I had to flip them charred on the other side and then I took it off and I was getting sick to my stomach eating because it tasted exactly like lighter fluid and it was probably the worst moral the day uh, grilling experience hmm. I, I've had but I had a good week of a good weekend four day ish three three and a half whatever day weekend of eating food I did quite a bit of eating tried a new That's restaurant good. now called odium downtown Los Angeles and it, I don't want to if they're listening but it New restaurants in LA—they have like they have the thing where they they just want to be popular really quickly and they just kind of spread the word, but they don't live up to the hype. And I feel like very few restaurants ever do. So that's for the prices and for what it was, it wasn't that good. Um, but
3: Andy, I, can we throw back to uh, last Thursday's podcast sure. where you um, announced that you it's are to be just uh, sticking to greens yeah. Um, yeah. for the foreseeable future, and yeah. then flip it back to when you say just now. I ate a lot this weekend. I really went on a. I'm a, conflicted
2: as far as that goes, by the way. Me too. As I Absolutely. said on the last like, episode, no I mean, I think Eddie Spaghetti, if he doesn't make some uh, some pretty significant lifestyle changes, he won't see the end of 2019. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, for the thick cast, I, I don't think you could do any better than right. him for the brand. literally eating himself to death. Yeah. I think be I, a at least out thing. of the
3: league. Who was I, the last player that ate himself out of the NFL?
1: Stanley Roberts.
3: Did there are players in the NBA. that you hear about it. You hear about, but I don't. You I'm see? trying to think of an example. I played Williams
1: did in Marcus the Marcus Mariota the just, NBA. Just, just. It was reports he just put on 13 pounds this offseason. Well,
3: but he's not going to eat him. he, no, he know, was skinny like Jamarcus Russell ate sure. and drank and everything else himself out of the league Purple but eating was certainly a, was certainly a part of it
1: i i was clear when we recorded last thursday i said that i'm going to try to stick to the greens only and stu- super right. healthy but the problem was that my girlfriend's parents were coming to town so that i, I had obligations to go to a, a fancy restaurant like odium and we did i go to milk bar for dessert after yeah i did and then did. like oh, there we go self-interviewing uh, is never a good <laughs> sign uh, for spaghetti so of course we had to do that did and, i do that did yeah. I do it? Um, yeah i did
3: and, and then Chick Fil A was on the way home no, again, no, no and there it was. Food. The door was open, the lights were on. The guy was not cleaning up yet, so. But I was
1: I was good for like morally weekend for grilling. Like a steak isn't probably the best thing to have, but I just had steak. I did not have any like no wieners, no cheeseburgers. Even for drinking, I got one of those new sparkling like low calorie, zero sugar sparkling mm-hmm. like Smart. hard sodas. Smart. Got those. Like I'm yep. trying to do stuff. Um, <laughs> I did have. Korean such a pathetic <laughs> attempt to live weight. I, love that. I
3: love I'm that. always people are always around but I, did I go to Milk Bar for dessert? Yeah, I did. <laughs> But I had a. But uh, <laughs> well, one of the drinks I drank this weekend was low calorie.
2: I got drunk on spiked cell. Uh, water. exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> flavored. Uh, um, but um, and you mentioned it. It's rained out Sunday, and that was the one topic I did want to bring up. Was it rained Sunday, so we were, we had other plans, but they got canceled, and we ended up going to a Korean barbecue, which is course. one of my favorite what things to do. What else you do if it's so raining? Just, just ate just meat eat. there. Um, I, someone on Twitter was going at me saying that I don't, they don't like Korean barbecue because you have to physically cook it yourself. So that made me think and ask you guys this, what is your favorite like arts and crafts like or like food <laughs> that you eat, but mm. you have to actually use your hands and do yourself. So it's like, like cracking a lobster or it's making like a kebab or it's making a taco or fajita. So I'm like, what is your favorite? If My favorite is Korean barbecue where I grill it myself. What is your favorite type of food where you actually have to do some kind of labor before you could actually enjoy it?
2: I can go the other way with that. The ones I resent, I get resentful of that more often than I enjoy it. And as I've said before, that's why the Shecky Award goes for worst fruit. Uh, pretty consistently to the pomegranate. Who does the pomegranate mm. think it is to be so difficult with that with that tough flesh that you have to or the tough exterior that you have to crack through? And then once you get into the flesh, they're hidden away like bees in a honeycomb yep. or something, and you have to pull them out. And then if they squirt on you, they're going to ruin your clothes. And then once you get them in your mouth, you're like, "What? That? that that's what it was for?" That's the, the whole, whole thing. Crawfish it, or another one that yeah, are like that. Not that's every, one.
3: Every. I, I would say in this day and age, prawns, shrimp, whatever you call them. Like, the idea that you might have to take the tails off yourself or the heads, yes. I mean, that, that's, that seems a waste of my time. its a, I so don't like especially bad. If you're like going to me, you're gonna serve that to me, I don't want the tails on there. Do if you it, say you on, do on do the that. menu, peel and eat, I'll i will yeah, do that, the food. That, do that, it. I understand what but, I've
2: ordered. But don't give me. In the shell, in my sauce and in pasta. Some...
3: In pasta. What At do you, what do you think I'm doing? Restaurants... I'm going to take my my fingers onto the. Tomato it's in the sauce. sauce. And... Now I got to put what my it... hands in right. the sauce. It's hot. Yeah, that's that's that is. What uh, are you thinking, oh, restaurant? Waste of my time. Yes. No,
1: thank you for that. Yeah. Right. No, that happens a lot. That's I, what,
3: that's probably my pet peeve. That's
1: why I don't order shrimp anymore. Do you right. do you like the one? you say you go to like a Mexican restaurant and they bring it the steaming hot plates of like the the the. the Fajita, uh, the, the fajita, like they got the tortillas, mm-hmm. you got the the vegetables, mm-hmm. your chicken or steak, and they have to put it all together. Oh, Some I'm, people I'm are good like, with that. you do like it. Oh, I'm fine with that. So you're pro like arts and crafts at dinner time. Yeah, yeah, you, you like that those kind of, kind of stuff. things.
3: That's always fun. I mean, I don't want it every dinner, but I'm but as long as I know what I'm getting myself into.
1: So I feel like it does deter people from doing that. Like whereas like I probably won't order. I love Alaskan king crab. One of my favorite things on the planet but you have like these super long legs, super hard shells you have to crack and you get very little meat out of it. Yeah, and sometimes a, a I'm like, I won't order it.
2: Yeah. I like a buffet. Well, now that's as mm, crafty as I'll get
1: a nice buffet. I'll go down
2: the line. I'll put on my plate. What I need. I'll determine how much of each item belongs on that plate. I am, believe it or not disciplined enough to not make the same mistake that my old man makes. He heaps everything onto the plate on one plate in his first go round so that it basically is a is just a mound of yeah. of uh foodstuffs on there. I'll i am you know, strategic enough. I'm gonna
3: have a nice salad
2: now with with this and this, but I'm not gonna eat too much anything. Yeah, any then I'm gonna go I,
3: back and I'm gonna get the next thing.
2: Then I'm gonna pay a visit to the guy at the right. end of the line with the literal hi hat, the chef guy. Yep.
3: Some I don't like
2: I don't like that he gives me the hi hat literally you know figuratively when I go up to him and he's sh- and I like hey can I get a little extra roast beef there the way he like does that oh, sigh like I'm like a, a yeah like or,
3: I'm a or uh, you'll say to them I'd like the rare. Bit. And he's like, well, he's, I'm, not, I'm not on a rabbit. I was like, well, go find some.
2: I know. So, that's s- your, that's sorry, your guy there to cut the meat. Sorry right. that I'm asking you to cut some meat for me. Right, I want it my way. And I'm not a glutton because I want an extra sliver, so I don't have to get back up in four minutes to get that sliver. But I don't like. I get anxiety when I go to one of those places where they're not a, maybe making the sandwich, or even like you get the one where like oh you get a meat and then you get some sides and there's the sauce and there are little things you can put on it. That gives me that gives me agita to make those decisions. Yeah,
3: yeah. Do you a want hurry. any of these things? Like
2: hurry. I don't, I don't what I don't know what does that thing what like no that's not a part of. I it. did that last week. I in don't New York. like that. Well, two feeling. weeks
3: ago I was in New York and that you know people in New York don't have time for you to make decisions that. You need to have made the decision mm-hmm. already. And they're, they're doing a, a sandwich thing. Well, you want that? that? And I was like, I'm done. I'm, I had to get out of line. I need to go back and think about this. I'm not, I'm not ready for this yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but you talk about buffets. I see breakfast. I dislike a breakfast buffet. Everything on there individually are things I would like for breakfast. Mm. But I don't want to have to go and get them myself. Maybe it's about breakfast time. But I just I'm not into that. I'd much rather. So if I go to a place with breakfast buffet and you know you're in, staying in a hotel and it costs thirty bucks or whatever, and then you look at the menu and it's outrageously mm. priced for individual things, I'll still order off the menu because I don't want to have to get up and get myself. Mm.
2: Breakfast. Bold move. Do you go? Well, I, I mean, some I love listen. an eggs ex-
3: Benedict. Oh yeah. If that's on a breakfast menu. I'm probably going to get it.
2: I mean, all, I mean, hey, listen, I hate to say gluttonous because, and that's exactly it what the hot. I salmon. Well, the hollandaise sauce is
1: gluttonous, but ultimately, is it really that good? Oh, I yes. think so. I, I try to make it and put on asparagus, too, to spice yeah. that up. Very good sauce.
3: Yeah, Hollandaise uh, is one of the top three or four sauces. Better breakfast sauce? Chick-fil-A. Chipotle.
2: Chipotle. Just oh. put some nice chipotle on your eggs. You ever get some nice... Uh, sure,
3: but it's not better.
2: It's better. No, it's, it's better not. than hollandaise. You know,
3: have you ever had mayonnaise? No. Bayonese? B, B-E-A, like bear. Right. Like the animal bear. Okay. And then nays. With like what? Hollandaise.
2: What does that mean?
3: Uh, I <laughs> don't know what it is, but it's better than hollandaise. Is it spicy? Here, I'm going to find out for you. No, it's, it's, it's in the same sort of mayonnaise, hollandaise family. Uh, what goes in a mayonnaise sauce? You know what's um,
2: nice is to get, is to get uh, when you sit down at a breakfast, get a big omelet or whatever, a scramble, and then you get that nice salt going with it. Then... Order yourself a milkshake. Now, you're not just surviving. You're living. That's the trick. Do things that are outside the box. That's how Damoshek's mind operates. That's why, and and stunningly, I'm the one who still has the nice sinewy muscle at the here it's on true. the show. Well, That's amazing. That reminds me, facts. too, of another
1: uh, another situation where I got uh, kind of screwed by my girlfriend was, like, I was trying to eat breakfast healthy at an omelet. It's, like, it was spinach, feta cheese. Like, it was pretty healthy. And uh, her father kept talking to the owner of this new deli. Uh, it's, like, called Eleven City Deli. It's on Wilshire, not, not mm. too far from where I live. Brand new place. Really, really awesome. like, New York-style uh, deli and it has a huge, great menu. It's a phenomenal spot. And they started talking, like, oh, yeah, she does a food show and start talking her up and they exchanged like business cards like i want to come and do an episode and the guy then try to like show off just kept sending out free stuff from the kitchen so Mm. now we have like Mm. a meat tray we have like onion strings we have uh hollow bread french toast with like strawberries and bananas on it and then it's rude if you don't eat your lovely
2: girlfriend jada is killing is is primarily responsible (laughs) for what's happened to your form totally agree. you know she really is this, this her professional success has turned you into a a morbidly obese slob.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It happens.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess.
3: uh, It's not a surprise. Okay. Bayonet sauce, Dave. I think mm -hmm. you're going to like this. So first of all, it is, it's, I should have mentioned this. It's a sauce in France for steak. That's what it's for, so it's a a, a compliment to steak. Barnaise sauce is a sauce made of clarified butter, emulsified in egg yolks and white wine vinegar and flavoured with herbs. It's considered to be a child of the mother hollandaise sauce, one of the five mother sauces in French cuisine repertoire. The difference is only in the flavouring. Barnaise uses shallot, chervil, peppercorns and tarragon in a reduction of vinegar and wine, while hollandaise is more stripped down using a reduction of lemon juice or white wine. Uh, its name is related to the province of Bayonne in France. Um, it's so it's this, it's the it's it's the same, but it's it's tastier than hollandaise. I would thoroughly recommend it for. Um,
2: I'll give it a try. By I've, the I've... way,
3: talking about giving things a try as well, um, my friends at um, uh, so after our last um, podcast, my friends at McClure's Pickles. Oh yes. were listening... And they're going to send us a, um, a, a box to try. of. I saw of that on social pickles.
2: media. Terrific. So they I'm hoping wait. by the
3: end of this week, maybe even by Thursday, if, if money comes back, we'll be able to eat, eat pickles some pickle. live on the DDFP.
2: Terrific. Uh, one last uh, question and update. I, I took the kids well. to a barbecue place um, on Friday night in the Valley, a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. And um, I've now made it, you know, I've I've toyed with this, announcement uh for the last couple of years and I, i'm ready to make it official the best barbecue meat for me now after literally many decades of baby back ribs being number one we have a new number one brisket it has to be it has to be brisket. yeah brisket i thought you and i
3: i thought you and i discovered that when we. i like love to, brisket um to yeah. that to that amazing barbecue the salt lick barbecue in austin
2: yeah, but I, I wasn't ready. I thought maybe it's the ribs, you know, this particular batch of ribs. But now in my travels, we've been to Houston and Dallas and awesome. to Nashville yeah. and to Austin. And I haven't been to Kansas City, but, I've you know, trying all day. it's It's now official. It's now official. And we had a great run, baby back ribs. And I don't want you to take this as any indication that if I see you and you're available in the right circumstance, I'll still eat you. But I want you to know that brisket is my new number one. Brisket's the best. Brisket. I mean,
3: yeah, it, it, has, it it's great because it's easier to dip into a great barbecue sauce.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
3: that's my favorite thing about brisket.
2: And it's, it, it's, it's not about the mess. No. Just to be clear, it's not about the mess. I no, don't want I you, you to beat yourself that. up about that baby back rib. Right. Not that you're making a mess on my hands, obviously. I just, the brisket is is uh, juicier and better. Yeah.
1: It's something I respect about it is that I just know the work that was put into the brisket. Like, there was a guy that that has to, like, prepare this and give it the perfect dry rub, and he's slow-cooking it at, like, 200 degrees for hours, and then it comes out, and it's, like, this juiciest meat that doesn't even need sauce on it. I respect, like, the craft in it the most. That's why I think I think spaghetti it. could be one of those guys.
2: Like, maybe in about eight to... 12 years from now spaghetti will be one of those guys in like the in the gigantic aprons those rubber aprons yeah, and yeah and you'll like have a you'll mm-hmm. have a mop with barbecue sauce at the end of it you're just slapping <laughs> it on around. the yep. sides
1: of uh different uh, beasts you right. know as they're i uh, could see that as I'm they're smoking the, up i'm you know the, i'm starting the process to look for a an indoor smoker slash barbecue
3: oh good why yeah. indoor
1: because <laughs> uh, i live on uh like a basically a penthouse overlooking the hills. So I, it's hard for me to like, I don't have a backyard. So it's just like,
3: I love it, that little, yeah.
1: just
2: in the process little, of looking little. for an indoor smoke, the best <laughs> one, <laughs> updates on but, spaghetti's yeah. spaghetti's yeah. lifestyle.
3: But he's also trying to, trying to just stick to the greens. So one very quick last question mm. for both of you guys, because I'm not from the U.S. I S I don't mm. know if you heard that. Um, I don't necessarily, under, I'm never aware of when U S holidays happen. So every time I'm caught by surprise, but Oh, it's Memorial day this mm. weekend or whatever. It feels like every single Our American ones holiday. Come big one's coming,
2: handsome. The Fourth of love, July. Yeah, that's uh, that at least one. I
3: know when that's happening because of the date of it. <laughs> right. It's in the name, but every single U.S. holiday appears to be based around um, grilling,
0: apart <laughs> from Thanksgiving.
3: <laughs> so every time they're like, I get confused that. Okay, Memorial oh Memorial Day is this weekend. Great. What's Memorial Day? What do people do on oh they, they barbecue? And then it's like before the July what do they do? Oh they barbecue. Labor what, Day. Yeah. Labor Day is the same. What is is there a uh, order of which one is more important for barbecuing? or is it should i just accept the fact well, that actually we're supposed to do that uh, on every single as you um, know we've holiday.
2: done it here on the show before we've But i the best leave, food holiday. I
3: get that but i want to leave thanksgiving out of it cuz i get that that one When is do you solely, have if I'm you're only going
2: to grill once a year let's oh, say. I'm not
3: i like grilling I, I like grilling on non-holidays as well mm-hmm. but i'm just saying like is there one of those which is more associated with barbecuing with your friends and family or they all equally weighted, and it just appears like, well, it's Memorial Day, you have to grill, but it's like, okay, but I also have to do that on the Fourth of July. I'll defer to
1: you. I'll say I think the most associated with is probably the Fourth of July, but I think the best or most important is easily Memorial Day because as it's
3: your first one of the
1: year, exactly. the launch of summer. It stinks mm-hmm. here because every day is basically summer, but right. like back when I was home in New York, and it's like, wow, it's finally May, it's finally getting warm out, okay. and then it means like people who belong to like say like a like a public pool community those pools will open up all the jersey shore bars and restaurants that that are on the beach they'll open up and it's just like the kickoff to the summer so you're just like all of your energy all like that pent-up frustration from you know the the winter hot like winters all the way to through april through may you're finally like it's finally here let's invite everyone over let's have a big like kickoff so that's
3: that's the one that's the first time of the year you'll have a hamburger infused with lighter fluid that's the time that you really (laughs) get to have that taste back in your mouth yeah i i i
1: guess i mean back when i was home my birthday is in the beginning of may so like i would definitely do something around then uh i did this year when i flew home for a bit but i think in terms of the majority of the population yeah you're especially in a colder weather city you're definitely looking forward to i
2: will definitely uh, that's an interesting point by spaghetti and i support it july 4th probably if you cover america top to bottom probably july 4th has more grilled meat than memorial day but I imagine it's fairly close. As I've said before, and I'll say again now, I Labor Day is the worst one because that's food-based. And if you're like me, it means back to school. And so you're kind of nauseated and sick in your gut with the thought of having to go back to school and and uh, be uh, force fed uh, not food but force fed what the man has decided you need to know at the age of 13 or whatever like I don't know I'll, I'll decide for myself what I need to know and I know it's not your math you know it's not your math equations the man and so he gives you that and then he thinks you're a dupe. He thinks you're a sucker that he gives you that holiday as if you're not gonna notice, hey yeah, go grill some meats and everything and after that summer's over and it's back to school, jerk. You know, I'm not playing that. Yeah, you're game. not gonna fall for that. And so I don't I I can barely force the food down my throat. Yeah. I'm so sick
1: about <laughs> it. Labor Day is like bittersweet because summer is ending, but then party was like, Oh, I can't barbecue anymore. I can't like, you know, be outside being the pool, being the beach, but it's Football season's back. It's the only— I thick stew the, the, the next are coming. eight months. So, it's, you know, yeah, there's, it's, there's, there's
2: upside. It may be—it may well be. People talk about why is football so important. You know, how is it— Because, yes, fantasy football has raised its importance and gambling in general and, you know, the, the, the aesthetics of the game lend themselves to film and NFL films and all the majesty and everything else. But its most important role— is making it tolerable to leave summertime
3: and have to go back to school. That's what it's about. The fact that you have to go
2: back to school. Monday night football, so important, you know, so important. Ugh, it's Monday. Well, at least we have the game. And in a larger way, it's what sports provides. People say, I'm not a sports fan. I feel sad for you because you need something to look forward to in life. In the short term to tonight, ugh, it's only Monday night. Oh, no, we have a football game to watch. That'll get me through today. And now, oh, Thursday night football, it's only a couple days away. These are the things you need in sports. Oh, the Super Bowl is in three months. I can't wait for that. You need things to look forward to, especially in those winter months. That's what hockey is good for once football season ends. You know what? If your team in the NFL goes on a long playoff run and reaches the Super Bowl, guess what? Before you pick your head up, you're already halfway through winter. Thanks, football. You've done it again. Right?
3: I think we have to leave it
2: there. I think that's I think that's I think, about all sure right. I think you
3: ja- definitely dotted that one.
2: All right. So uh so with that said, thus ends another successful thick cast buried within another successful DDFP. Thanks to Eddie Spaghetti Eddie, behind we the need glass. Music.
3: We need some thick cast music. Can you that yeah, really out did. before we'll the next episode? Yeah, because sure. I, do, I do have a I
1: do have a good next episode in mind already. I have to wait for something to happen, but we have a good topic for next thick cast. Your
3: first heart attack.
1: I know.
2: I want to yeah. get into some ice cream. <laughs>
3: that's what we're gonna mark.
1: I want to get into some ice cream. Flavors, please keep
2: us up to speed Ooh. on uh, on your um, on your uh, hunt for the indoor smoker. I, a, nice. I, I had a delicious one. ice cream. did well, you? I
3: had a passion fruit ice cream. Ooh, you wouldn't think that's like that. nice; it's very good. I yeah.
2: found a place. There's a new place in Encino where they make the gelato right there, mm-hmm. and it and it's so creamy and and uh, glorious. I will
3: tell you what, we're going to do next for the next show. Maybe we should go ice cream. Trips. There's an ice cream store just down the road from here that has. I believe the best ice cream I've ever tasted. It's, uh, it's on Washington, which is the road on which our office is it's called Ginger's Ice Cream. Let's get there for the next show. We'll do a thick cast, which I'm sure, Eddie, you can work out how we would record it. Sure. While sitting outside, they've got nice tables nice outside. Idea. Yeah, we can do it. We can each have a, a cone with five or six scoops in and just get that works for me i'm
2: in count me in and then maybe we'll drive up to encino too and uh compare with with uh my place deal that works all right so we'll be back with more hooey and applesauce for you later on football fans until then thanks so much it's been a thin slice of heaven.